What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where Harris continues to try and get me to watch Spider-Man movie, and I refuse. So welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. You know what's funny is I was going to say before we started recording, oh, I bet this will be the longest episode we've ever done because there weren't that many matches on Dynamite, and that's all we talk about now. So historically speaking, that means the episode's going to be three hours long. I wasn't quite sure how we would do it, but yeah, if you want to listen to the worst three hours you've ever heard, I can just keep telling Mark he should see the new Spider-Man movie. I just got off the phone with someone for 40 minutes with someone doing that as well. (laughs) All right. I'm well, not listen, even kidding either. Oh, it's been nonstop for the past two days. I know you're not kidding, but it, I was literally going to wait until after we finished the episode to nag you about this. That's very funny. But you decided to just launch onto the air with it. I'm really glad I'm not the only one who saw this movie and was immediately like, you know, who needs to see this movie is Mark, who hates all the MCU Spider-Man movies. But Mark, because he is nothing, if not uh a principled person, somebody who's very committed to all of his beliefs, refuses to because he hates the other MCU movies. So yeah. I'm really glad that someone else was also like, hey, you, you should see this one, though. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. never. It, it wouldn't be as definitive of a no if they didn't decide to bastardize the perfect characters already because they knew they messed up. And they're like, oh, people hate this. Uh, let's ruin this, too. That, that'll that bring them back. Not, doesn't. It doesn't ruin it. That's the thing. It's so it lazy. Just, it's so lazy. It's such it, a cop out. It's it's really not. It's it really well is. Done. It's pretty well done. No. Nope. It's not. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, what? <laughs> we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this right now. Unless uh, unless my buddy Ian tells me he's the only one that I trust in this situation. Okay. Well, I thought about that because we had a. Um, if anyone is listening to this and doesn't already know. I was texting Mark about this literally as I was walking out of the theater. I was like, no, okay, he needs to see this. And I was thinking, I was like, he definitely does need to see this. And I feel justified in saying that he needs to see this. It's not going to mean a lot coming from me. No, it's not. <laughs> and I knew that. Even at the time, I was like, this is probably... I should probably calm down a little bit because the more excited I am about it, the more he's going to be like, oh, wow, this movie must be really stupid. <laughs> Harris has a tendency to to like certain things more than other people. But what here's the thing, like it genuinely isn't like I saw Far From Home and I was like, OK, that was that was fine. Like some aspects of it were fun. Whatever. No, I had a no good they time. weren't. I would not have recommended that movie to you. Because I know you and I know what you like and you don't like. And that's why I keep saying I really think you should watch this movie because I think you would like it. But I can't like I know I know how that sounds because Mark is probably like, oh, yeah, I guess Bailey shows up halfway through. (laughs) 
which don't get me wrong i would lose my mind if that happened but i would be really confused be like this doesn't even make sense the only way it would make the only way i'd be okay with is if we had an unexpected david arquette appearance oh god i wish who would you cast david arquette in as in a spider-man movie uh to be honest there's enough goofy spider-man villains like he could he could fit in with plenty of them yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, he could be. He would be terrible. One would be, but I would. I would pay money to see him as J. Jonah Jameson because it would make no <laughs> sense. Like he would, he'd be like laughing through all of his lines. Like it wouldn't be good at all. But it would be very oh, funny. Man, that would be that would be something. Mm. Now, now, now I'm legitimately like, hang on, what what villain would he be best playing? Because because like I said, there there's plenty of goofy ones. Yeah. Oh man, I could. Well, I know. It's, it is. It's hard to say, right? I don't he would know. have been. He would have been an okay uh, actual version of Electro, not whatever garbage they decided to do with Jamie Foxx, who's one of the worst. He's one of the most annoying actors of all time because he's legitimately a talented actor, but just is the worst. He's just the worst in most of his movies. I don't understand. When he wants to, he's great, and then when he doesn't, he's horrible. And I don't know what they did with that character, but that's nothing like that character. But the actual version of Electro, he could probably pull that off with the I giant going... with the giant green the green suit and the giant uh, lightning oh. uh, lightning headpiece. Mm-hmm. He could pull that off. I'm trying to think. Oh, he could probably be. He would probably have been. Oh no, they already did that. It's like he would have been a decent. Eh, nah, he probably couldn't have been that character. It's Man, hard, now I need to right? go through Spider-Man villains. <laughs> it's I was Man, this is going to be a great episode, you guys. This is really really good stuff. I um what was I about to say? Okay, yeah, I remember watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 and like within 10 seconds of Jamie Foxx being on screen, I thought, "Oh, so they're just they're doing the Batman Forever Riddler with this guy." Mhm. Yep. Huh, that's an interesting choice for a movie made in, what, 2016 or whatever? Yep. Huh, okay, so that's that's disappointing, but they're just going to do that. And that part was, they did it fine, but it, it, that's exactly what it was. It was just Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah. Interesting, interesting creative decision in that movie. See, I wouldn't, well... He could be Hydro Man. That'd be an interesting character. He'd be. He could probably be menacing enough to be Hydro Man. He couldn't be. Most of these he he couldn't do. I said J. Jonah Jameson, and now I'm just casting him as like all the worst possible roles because I think it would be funny. Because a lot of these would be very funny. Like if they were like a little more menacing, he could maybe pull off a Hobgoblin. Yeah, well, if they were like, hey, Mark, we're going to uh, let Sam Raimi make Spider-Man 4, and it's going to be all about David Arquette as Craven the Hunter. Like, <laughs> I'd pay $200 to see that movie. Are you oh, kidding? me too. Me too. If oh, he could, man. He'd be the worst him. Craven of all time, and I would love it. <laughs> He's like the polar. That's like, yeah, you picked literally like the furthest it's pretty on good, the other it? side of the spectrum. It's pretty good. Oh, man. If they ever, I mean, at some point they'll use Craven the Hunter, and it's going to be ruined for me because it won't be Miro. Ooh, he I could mean, be Alistair like, Smythe. That might be pretty decent. Ooh, okay, yeah, that doesn't sound bad. He That's could pull off Alistair Smythe, like in the wheelchair and everything. I just want to see David Arquette in the MCU now. 
in any capacity. I mean, you'll never. I just want to see, see it, David Arquette in anything. Oh, are you kidding me? I'll see anything in David. If David uh, Arquette's in it, I'm gonna see it. I saw a trailer for a Scream remake earlier. Oh yeah, it's gonna be terrible, but I'm probably gonna see it. Yeah, because we gotta I we think- gotta do a podcast on it. Did we talk about this on or off the air last week when we said the best possible scenario, oh, not yeah. for the Scream franchise, but for our show, is that David Arquette is the killer in this oh, one? one? I, I think we did talk about that on, on the podcast. Okay. I think that was okay. on the podcast. And yes, it would be perfect. All right. Uh, I guess we might as well. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about before. Probably nothing relevant. I yeah. mean, you know. The point is, I'm not seeing Spider-Man. That's the point. Um, yeah. Unless Ian tells you to see it. that, that's the only, and even then, I don't know. But that's the only, that's about the only thing I can think of. We're gonna find the consensus for how many different people have to tell Mark, "Hey, you should really watch this movie. I think you'd like it." Before he finally watches it. There's so there's so many factors. <laughs> there's so many factors. It's also on top of everything else. It's the principle of it, Harris. That's the other factor. There's so many. It's like Star Wars. I'm not watching any Star Wars things anymore. I'm done. Disney has had enough chances. And they suck and ruined it. Multiple times. Even when you think something was decent. Like with The Mandalorian. Nope. It ended up... That sucks too. And it's just... Nope. You've had too many chances. Enough's enough at some point, Harris. Enough is enough. (sighs) Ah. Those are the anyway, two things. So, it's Star Wars and it's Spider-Man. Because, mm-hmm. like, even Zack Snyder's crap. Anyone with a brain realizes those are stupid. So, mm-hmm. wasn't as bad. I will say, I had a great time kind of hate-watching uh, the four-hour-long Justice League remake. Like, it wasn't good. Mm-mm. But I also didn't pay money for it, and I hadn't left the house in a year, so I was like, "All right, we'll check this out. That's fine." Oh yeah, no, I watched the I watched that whole thing, and yeah, I mean, it was a thing. It was, to be perfectly honest, I like the original one much better. The original one's so stupid; it's way more entertaining. Yeah, and, and oh, you know yeah. what the other thing is? This is a whole another tangent, but mm-hmm. I I respect Joss Whedon for what he did. In that movie, because you look at the real one, and he sat there and was like, "What do I do with this?" Well, and he tried to cut it up. To... He tried to cut yeah. it up as, and add in some terrible scenes that tried to make something make sense, and it was all done very poorly. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I, I I can see the process here and how it turned out the way it did. Well, half of the the real version, the four hour version hadn't been like filmed yet right they redid a lot of that because hbo was bored and needed content so they just gave him money to finish it what a waste they gave him a hundred million dollars harris i hope this next batman movie is good i'm ready that's the only thing i'm looking forward that's the only movie that i am currently looking forward to like at all like in any capacity that's the only one Maybe the oh no, I'm sorry, there's two. The Nicolas Cage movie where Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage. That's gonna be incredible. You gotta watch that trailer. It came out a few days ago. That sounds pretty good. It's it's gonna be one of the greatest movies ever made, probably. Actually, sounds pretty no, good. Yes, like definitively. It will probably be the greatest movie ever made. So that I'm excited for. And then the Batman, I'm still excited for. There's not been anything that has happened that has made me like there's been no red flags with that movie yet. 
I mean, Dude, this- I, I can't help but be skeptical about everything nowadays, but there hasn't been anything really to be worried about. Okay. Sorry, I you're I don't disagree with you on that. It does look pretty cool. The trailers have been cool. I know this is not original ground at all, but it's incredible. I I started narrating Home Alone while you were gone, mm. and <laughs> like that was when they were running through the airport, and that was fun, and music's playing, whatever. It's great. It's now nighttime. The family has been on this plane flying for like at least. Actually, this doesn't make any sense because they left the house in the morning and yeah. now it's nighttime. It doesn't take that long to fly to Paris. So I have more questions. <laughs> but they still haven't realized that they forgot one of their children. And by the way, it's because they're sitting in first class while all of their family is sitting in coach. Mm-hmm. And we're only focusing on the parents. Not a single one of those little brats in this wretched family ever realized even halfway to the airport. They were like, wait, we don't have Kevin. <laughs> Presumably they've been on this plane for like four hours. And none of them are like, hey, wait, where's our other brother? Not a single one of them. Right. Those people are the worst. They are. They're the true ah. villains of the movie. That's true. Listen, you can't even blame the wet bandits. They wouldn't hurt anybody if Kevin had just gotten in the taxi. <laughs> that house is definitely insured. Are you kidding? That thing's huge. I just love the argument where Kevin never once tries to call the police. Never one time is like, hey, I'm a little kid and my family left me. Yeah. No. Nope. Doesn't occur to him. No, he well, just wants to he just wants to kill these guys. <laughs> Doesn't he think that like he got caught shoplifting or something at yeah. some point in the movie? Like there's a reason he doesn't call them. No, later. that is never no. Okay. That's not ne- I mean, now that could have been a good thread, but it is not ever hard on. I could have sworn he thought he was getting set up for something, but I guess no. I'm wrong. No, okay. see, you're, again, you you're doing your thing, Harris, where you're trying to give the writers more credit than they actually deserve. I genuinely <laughs> thought I had seen that. Okay, so this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can actually actually get into the show. But my favorite thing about Home Alone is the people who will unironically share, like, the picture of Joe Pesci at the beginning when he's pretending to be a cop staking out the house. And they're like, how old were you when you realized that this is actually the wet bandit? <laughs> because other people are like, are you stupid? Are you actually <laughs> sincerely stupid? Did you not know that the second you watched it as a six-year-old? Because this movie is meant for children. And I'm pretty sure like the music changes when he shows up. And it's clearly the same person. Like, <laughs> That's my favorite one. Is people sharing that and then other people being like, you're the dumbest person I've ever met. That is fun. That is fun. Oh, man. No, Home Alone's great. Um, All right. Welcome to the wrestling part of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, so now it's time to talk about AEW because there was a couple of AEW shows this week, Harris. Yeah. And, uh, wow, for the third week in a row, we're actually doing an episode. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good streak we got going. I know. Look at us. It'll we'll see if the holidays. It'll, it'll go away next week, but it's pretty good yeah. streak. <laughs> That's all right. We'll get something there at some point. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, we had the big, you know, stupidly titled Winter is Coming show uh-huh. of uh, of AEW on um, Wednesday. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I missed watching it live, but watched it the day after. And, um, boy, uh, just cut right to the chase. Title match. Starting off the show, which AEW seems to be doing more and more, um, which I I understand. I definitely understand the process of that. 
but but also <laughs> at some point can you not properly just time out a show you know i mean I, I, the only argument other than that that i can see and and i'm fine with it like it, it, it doesn't doesn't really bother me i obviously i like you know the title should be main event but the one issue you run into with doing a main event on television is you know when the match is going to end exactly so that that i totally get like i get that because when you do it first you know the, all bets are off there's not a time constraint with that and on pay-per-view you don't have that either not anymore uh, back in the day i think their pay-per-views were more timed but now because they're just streamed it doesn't it doesn't matter right. um so you don't have that constraint for a pay-per-view like you do for television so i i do get that so that's fair but it still is kind of off-putting when this is the biggest match you've been waiting for and all of a sudden starting the show and you're like wait what i'm not ready and so that's kind of weird, but, but I get it. And especially, you know, the way they did it, 60 minute time limit draw. I'm so, I'm such a fan Harris. I love it. I I love it. I, I, I want this to be normal again be, be, and it's going to take a while because wrestling fans have been so detrained from time <laughs> limit draws because of WWE and it has not been treated. They didn't even have time. They don't even have time limits. Like it's been so not treated like a sport for so long. Mm-hmm. That it's going to take fans a while. And I think they're getting there because I didn't see any complaints with that ending. I don't know if you did, but I didn't really see no. any. I saw more for the, you know, the uh, Omega Danielson one um, because that was the first time they kind of did. I, I mean, they've done it a few times, but that was kind of the first kind of big one. And right. they did a really poor job of setting it up. They never made any announcement until it was like over. And you're like, wait, oh yeah, yeah there's a time. You know, you got to remind us of that. And they did a much better job with this one. Like they learned and they fixed that. So I thought, I mean, the match was brilliant. It was great. You knew it was going to be with anything, Brian. It's like Kenny Omega, you know, anything with these Omega or Danielson or Cody or someone in this big type of setting, like they're going to deliver and they did, and Hangman played his part perfectly. You, every single person, wanted Hangman to win that match. Like, desperately, by the end of that match. And to be honest, I was even, I loved the draws, and I was even disappointed. I was like, no, you can have him win, it's fine, you don't have to protect Brian, just have him. And then I was like, wow, it worked, worked on me. I got I got suckered in with the yep. whole thing. So I uh, Harris, I loved it. I love this match. I loved it at least as much as the Hangman Danielson one. Uh, it was great. Hangman please. O- oh, yeah, Omega sorry. Daniel. Omega Omega yep. Danielson one. And yep. uh, please d- let's make time limit draws a thing. It makes it feel more real. It, it makes the stakes better. It's better yep. for wrestling. It was awesome. Yeah, well, I think so. The thing I love about the um, the time limit draws, just as a concept, is it lets you do two things. One, it lets you emulate a real sport in a really fun way because sometimes, yep. and it's more frustrating in real life when it happens. But like, if you tune into a UFC show, there could be a non finish. There could yep. be a, and they do this some with DQs, but it feels more cheap when it's DQs. Obviously, it just feels less earned. I think because. WWE in particular, but really all wrestling companies go to that well so many times. And a time limit draw is just a rare and more fun thing. Because the second thing it does is in kayfabe, it it gives you so much more oomph Mm -hmm. moving forward. Like I didn't – 
Now, I'll be honest. I kind of maybe this is just me thinking too much about it. I was glad Hangman didn't win, not because I don't like him in kayfabe, but because I didn't want either this story to stop or Daniel Bryan to take an L and have to try to come back from it. I love mm-hmm. in kayfabe where we have left all of these people and where we are going forward. Because like, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like Hangman did not look like he won that match. Right. You felt like if that was going to go 10 more minutes, he was not, you know what I mean? Like you see this happen again. I'll use UFC as an example where a fight might be close and one fighter might win or the other might win, but you can tell just based on the way both performers looked in the actual fight in real life, that if they were fighting for five more minutes, this guy would win Mm -hmm. because he was killing him in the fifth round. And like, yeah, the other guy might've won the first four, but like, this guy won the fight because he's the one who was doing damage at the end. And if they were mm-hmm. going to fight five more minutes, he would knock this guy out. You know what I mean? That's what I what I really like coming away from this match is that Hangman had his first big title defense and he didn't lose. Yeah. But he didn't win it either. Yep. Like he's got the best thing about this character is the way they play with doubt in his mind and how he's always doubted himself up until the moment he beat Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And now you have reason for him to doubt again just a little bit because he couldn't quite deliver and you have daniel bryan who is this magnificent heel whose entire thing is just that i love to wrestle and i'll wrestle better than you every single time and that's somehow a heel move (laughs) and it works because he's so good at it and hangman is so likable but when he comes away and when when he cuts a promo this week on dynamite or whatever and is like yeah i'm the best wrestler in this company clearly i i was out wrestling him it's going to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like in kayfabe, it's going to feel very earned. Well, also, you you now have a chase with both of the characters again. Mm-hmm. Because Hangman mm-hmm. now has to reprove himself. Because now it's like, well, look, your first title defense and you couldn't even do that. Pro- you know, you couldn't even get that really done. So you yeah. have that. And now you have Daniel Bryan where, yeah, you're this great wrestler, but now, but you can't beat the best. You've you've tied yeah. both of your things. So yeah. it's, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. And, so, and you can build it up, and now you can have this main event again now at the pay per view. Oh yeah, oh, and it it's 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 just as hype as it was before. Yeah. Now I will say this: I so I like the match a lot. I will say this: I am much more of a fan of thirty minute time limit draws, and for that reason, I think I prefer the Omega Danielson one, just because it's there's just not as much fluff. Like I yeah. I, I like. Let me okay. Let me back up. I love the booking, and I liked the match. I didn't love the match, which is not like I'm, I'm not knocking it at all. But like, if they hadn't booked it to be a 60 minute time limit draw, I think this could have been a phenomenal like 35 40 minute match. But what mm-hmm. happens, you know, when you know you have to go an hour, is that there's going to be some fluff like i knew i like that they opened the show with this because realistically this is when my attention span is at its highest one and two they're not going to telegraph the finish at all Mm -hmm. but as soon as they came out and they teased like brian daniel brian danielson doing that thing where he sticks his head outside the ropes and gets a break in the action Mm -hmm. when they did that for like five consecutive minutes before they even locked up i was like okay so we're gonna be here for a minute yeah i wasn't sure i didn't think they would go an hour but this happens to me whenever I watch really long marathon matches like this, especially when 
if it's like Okada Omega or something and you know you're going to be there for like 50 minutes at least, mm-hmm. it can be kind of easy to tune stuff out in the first act. And what happens yeah. to me when I watch matches this long, it's just kind of like, you know, if you hear like there might be a certain joke or a bit or something that's like funny at first and then it goes on so long it isn't funny anymore mm-hmm. and then it keeps going so long that it becomes <laughs> funny again and then it's just really funny because it's still going yeah i have that happen to me with matches that go this long so at first i was into it and then i kind of slowly started i was like okay they're not even going for covers and it's been 15 minutes like we're gonna be here for a while and it wasn't until like the back half of the match when things really started heating up that I got a little bit more into it. That's not to knock on the match at all. That's just me explaining kind of what I'm going through as I'm watching when you can kind of tell that they're milking it for time. I think, I think this was a really good match. I love the booking. I think whatever they do next, like presumably at the pay-per-view in what is it? February. I mean, whenever that is to main event that show, I think that's going to be the best match between the two of them. I think that's going to be the real barn burn because they aren't going to have, you know, a certain amount of they don't have to go for 60 minutes but i tell you what i love i guess we can just talk about different bits of this match because we should have known this last week we were like huh there's not much on the card we should have known that that yeah would be, yeah <laughs> that would be a sign that this match was going to go for a while because there were like three matches on this card it felt like but yeah um, we were we were kind of dumb with that i love i love that they did it i love where we are going forward and I love that by the end, this is my favorite part of any matches like this. Like it's kind of slow getting there, but the last 10 minutes of a match this long are always so insane oh, because yeah. the stakes are so high because they've been doing this for so dang long. Especially when there's that time limit coming up. Yes. So the other one that I thought of is the one I've told you about in the past. It's on my top 10 list of favorite matches of all time, but it's CM Punk and Chris Hero. For the IWA Mid South Heavyweight Championship in like a high school gymnasium mm-hmm. in front of about 200 people, it's a two <laughs> out of three falls match that lasts an hour and a half. And it's absolutely insane for the same reason because by the time you get to the end, you're like, how, some, how are any of you going to lose this match? Like that, forget kayfabe for a second. Imagine doing all this and you don't even get to be the guy who wins. That's insane. Mm-hmm. But. I love that by the end of this match, like the last 10 minutes, not only are they tired, like, of course they're tired. You're used to people selling tired. You kind of expect that they have both worked one another's limbs so much that neither of them can hit their finisher. Mm -hmm. And it isn't even like a question of, Oh no, can anybody kick out? You don't even know if anybody can hit their finisher anymore. Yep. And that was awesome. And you could see hangman, trying again and again and again to hit the lariat and it's just bouncing off because his arm is wrecked and somebody on twitter pointed this out but you can see this gif i'll send it to you after the show of danielson getting hit and it's almost just like a slap to the chest Mm -hmm. and he backs up because he's tired and he's gassed but he just wags his finger at him like no Mm -hmm. man you don't have it (laughs) you don't have it i got you and he can't hit his running knee either but i love that moment where you're really at the end of the tank and they just couldn't quite pull it off. And this is my, this is kind of a nitpick. I didn't think he needed to hit the buckshot lariat and not be able to cover it. In time. I agree. I thought that was a little too close. I think you could have just had it in. I agree. But 
I don't think they meant, I don't know if they meant to do this or if it will be addressed, but you can see Brian Danielson when he gets hit. So finally, you know, at the 59th minute and change, he hits a buckshot lariat. Danielson rolls back into the corner. One, mm-hmm. to get away from a cover that ultimately can't make it, but there's no reason to think he either wouldn't have, one, kicked out, or two, got his foot on the ropes. Yeah. He was close. Yeah. And that's like they might not elaborate on that, but they don't have to. They just leave that nugget there for me to be like, oh, man, even that probably wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just, there's no guarantee that that would have won the match either. i big fan of it. Big yeah. fan of where we are. Big fan of a lot of this match. Again, I like that the middle third, like in real life, it's because they had 60 minutes to kill. But the middle third of this match, they were just like, no, I'm just going to hurt this guy. Like, I'm not going to try to pin him. I'm not going to try to get him back in the ring. I'm just I'm just going to jump on him. I'm just going to DDT him onto concrete or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> it just got wild. Well, and I love I love that part of a match when, like, they reach the point where they try and you know, they start to kick out a couple times and they start to, it's not even like they snap, but they just start at some point. They just go fine. Then I'm going to beat you to where you're not even going to kick out. Like, I'm not even going to bother with pitting you yet because I'm going to beat you enough to yeah. where then I get to like, I like that element of a match sometimes. Well, especially with a match that starts as technical, I would say as obnoxiously technical because Danielson knows he's being obnoxious when he does mm-hmm. this. And taking the time to keep leaning out of the ropes before it's even gotten started. Like with a match that starts that slow. A criticism I you, you hear a lot for like blood feuds, like you, you know, killed and ate my dog or stole my wife or whatever feuds, <laughs> is that the bell rings after like three months of feud and they start with a collar and elbow tie up. Yeah. You're like, oh, come on. This is like the opposite of that, where they start off wrestling really technically. And then you're right. Like you said, they reach a point where they're like, no, like this isn't even a sport anymore. This is just a fight now, mm-hmm. like for real. That was a great moment. That's the whole point that of mapping out a match. That's the whole point of the ebbs and flows, the changes. This that's the whole point of the storytelling. Is your and that's one of the problems when, you, like you said, and that's that's why you can't do lengthy, you know, cr- crazy matches a lot of times. Or if you do, well. I guess you can sometimes, depending on how they're structured, but that's one of the reasons why you, you're never going to have an hour long, you know, like a lot of AEW matches, because you just literally, one, you literally just can't do that. Like, you would die. Like, you just can't go that fast for that long. But also, there's no story there. You don't have enough time. Like, you yeah. have to have a story to be told. And that's exactly what they did in this thing. Yeah. Like you were saying, like the first third was like the technical part. The middle third was like, all right, clearly that's not working. We're going to have to beat each other senseless to win. And then the final third is the whole race to the clock trying to finish it. Like it's just, it was perfectly structured. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Where it moves from here is is great. Uh, obviously, you would hope they would do a rematch for the title again at revolution. That would be great. Obviously that's what everyone wants to see. Uh, and, and, and again, I, you don't know where, you know, you, you don't really know. Like I could see them taking the title off of hangman now. Like yeah. I could see that happening. I could see obviously not happening. Like I think it's not, 
unfortunately, that's one of the hardest parts with a new title reign is, you know, the first handful of times, you know, they're not going to lose it immediately, you know, mm-hmm. nine out of 10 times. But now you've had this. Now you've had it's been, what, a couple of months you want it, what, in November? That was full gear, like the first, yeah. second week in November. So if you're waiting until February now, well, now it's been, what, like four months? Three, four months? And you're like, yeah. okay, that that's enough time to kind of get past that part, you know? Definitely. So and- I think it's perfect. I think they're in a perfect position for this. Um, Yeah, and it gives Punk or whoever will be the next challenger time to build something it's yes nope Uh, it couldn't have been done any better yeah i think and this is kind of going back to where we started i love the decision to do this because whatever happens next will just feel more earned and Mm -hmm. feel like a bigger deal this is what aew's more relaxed pay-per-view schedule allows should do do. that which they've been wasting that potential for about a year now yes so it's like, like yes this is what it's for Yes, like WWE schedule can't replicate this because they have to have a pay-per-view or a you know, network yeah. event or whatever every single month, which means you see people fight for the title three times in three months. Things just lose significance. They get too watered down. The fact that you have a little bit of a build-to title match, they fight for an hour and nothing is resolved, mm-hmm. just heightens that anticipation. So yeah, whenever the payoff comes, whoever wins the rematch is going to be a lot more it's going to be a lot more earned it's going to be a bigger deal and i'm going to be a lot more excited to see what they do with it going forward yeah so yeah yeah it's awesome great stuff that was the only weird thing about this is in terms of like the structure of the episode this was by far the thing that i had the most like thoughts and feelings about this entire week Mm -hmm. and they led with it in their show so (laughs) you know one now i'm like oh geez okay what else happened but even at the time i was like okay time to go to bed yeah. That was an hour. Wow, that was crazy. What up? I, I, I legitimately watched this match in two parts. Like, yeah. I watched, like, the first half, and then the next day watched the, the back half. <laughs> What's, what followed this on the uh, TV show? Uh, Who had to follow poor, poor, poor Evan Bourne got squashed by Wardlow. Ah. Uh. Which was fun. But that was fun, because, again, that whole story is a lot of fun. And that's, again, when AEW is good, they're great. And this whole thing where they can have MJF in a CM Punk feud, but they can also still be building this Wardlow thing. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect, I mean, again, wrestling is, there's reason why certain things are done in wrestling over and over and over. Because they work. Or not even wrestling, just storytelling even. This is such a great story. Because Wardlow's been with MJF for two years now. Always kind of been, you know, it's MJF. Treats him like yeah. crap. That's always been a thing. But it's been getting worse. You bring in Sean Spears, who's the perfect little puppy dog yes man for the dick heel. Uh-huh. When the heel's starting to get fed up with the other guy who's been with him. So you have this whole element of now Wardlow kind of being replaced and being crapped on. And it's it's just this slow build, I think, has been done really, really well. And I enjoy it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. So he's out there just squashing, you know, Matt Seidel. And then Spears is sitting there. He, he power bombs him once and he's like dead. 
And the whole crowd is like, one more time, one more time, you know. <laughs> and so he goes and power bombs him again. And then you have Sean Spears grabs a mic and starts chastising him for wasting time doing the second power bomb. He's like, we don't get paid by the hour. What are you doing? You need to listen to me and listen to this and follow the plan. And then he goes in and starts hitting him with a steel chair <laughs> afterwards and then gets a call from MJF and is just buddy buddy with him and then sends Wardlow to get champagne. Like, Woo! it's just, it's, it's a great, I think it's a great story. I enjoy it. I'm having fun with it. Heel infighting, like, is low-key one of my favorite things in wrestling. Like, the greatest angles and stuff that people talk about usually aren't those angles, but they're always so fun mm-hmm. every single time. Because you can always find somebody to root for because the heel in a faction of heels is always just yep the absolute worst. Yeah, and and, uh, now again, I think they're reaching the end of people's uh, patience with it. I think they Mm -hmm. can go too far if they wait too much longer. Yeah. But man, the satisfaction of Wardlow just kicking the ever-living crap out of MJF is going to be so satisfying if they don't blow that. It's going to be great. Yeah, that feud's going to be great. I don't know how... Wardlow's gonna talk. That's true. I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know how he goes from there, but but in this story, it's it's fun. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. So, um, maybe they mentioned this and I just didn't notice. Does the pinnacle exist anymore? They they all (laughs) inner circle pinnacle. They've kind of ditched all that. I feel like uh, they do because on Dynamite it's gonna be MJF and FTR versus Punk staying in Darby. Right. Oh, that's right. That'll be a fun match. That is going to be fun. So technically they do, but not really. They, they've not done a very good, consistent job with that. You know, but it's fine because most of the other stories going on are pretty good. So I, I can, you know, it doesn't bother me as much as maybe it could. Okay, Mark, I don't mean to interrupt our train of thought here, but in Home Alone... Kevin just went to the store to buy something yeah. and he saw his creepy neighbor with the beard come in Yep, and it scared him and he ran away and the woman said, Hey, stop that kid. And then he ran across the street into the park. And then the kid who worked at the store looked at a cop and said, Hey police, there's a shoplifter. Yeah. Now there's a scene where the cop is chasing Kevin through the park, which is why Kevin feels like he can't contact the police the rest of the movie, which would have been and- great if that was mentioned at any point. It's in the movie. No, yes, but there's about? never any moment where you think, oh, Kevin feels this way about the police. It's just gone, and then the moment's gone, and it's never brought up again, and nothing's ever okay. referenced. Okay. It's the end of the scene. He's walking home and saying, I'm a criminal. Like, it's... Yes, and then it's never brought up again. I don't there's think it never has a... to be. I think that's... Like, Harris, you're you're giving them... You're putting too much... You do this all the time. You you're making it better than the writers think, really did. You're giving them too I much credit. Your idea is better, Harris. I think this is a children's movie being really heavy-handed. I really don't think I'm doing it. Usually, I recognize that I'm doing it and I take pride in doing it. But I really just feel like that was their intention. Oh, jeez. Anyway, I don't think yeah. so. But that is a better idea for sure i agree with joe pesci is a great heel in this movie joe pesci had a heck of a run for about three years in the early 90s when he went from goodfellas to home alone to lethal weapon 2 like just 
masterclass trilogy there. And Casino was in that, like maybe a little bit after, but no, that was a yeah, that was around there. Yeah, also. it was after yeah, Goodfellas, yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, there was a period of time. I think I read this somewhere. There was a period of time where it was like you could have seen him in either Goodfellas or Casino, and then seen him in either Home Alone or Home Alone Two, like the next weekend. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah, he had a heck of a run there. I'm a big fan of their uh, their made up cussing that they do when they're getting all beat up. <laughs> That's always my favorite. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. Welcome to the sure. Home Alone podcast. Oh man, that would get old real quick. Yes, so anyway, uh, anyway, so the Wardlow happened. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting it's momentum fine. again. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, so then we had the women's match: uh, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida, and yeah. it was another fun one. Again, those it, I like this feud. These are two fantastic wrestlers, and that's their main thing: is their wrestling ability. And it's just, in general, it's just nice to see female feuds that don't just have to be only for the title. And they have several of them going on right now. So, and this is the wrestling-focused one, for yeah. sure. And it's it's great. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Sheeta finally got a definitive victory. I think she's maybe even won a couple times, but, like, she got, like, a definitive victory this time. Uh, over over Deeb, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and props to them. Like, this is maybe not giving them enough credit, but like, props to them for not putting this on right after the barn burner main event yeah, title match yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the show. But squad, like, that's just good pacing, and I feel like it's the kind of thing that we could very easily criticize this company or any company for if you tuck the women in during, you know, when everyone gets up to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. good on them for, for not doing that. Cause you're right. They recognize that they have a little something more here and they're letting the women tell stories that aren't just title feuds or see, we say all that. They tried to do something with the, the nightmare collective storyline. Yeah, and everyone bad. on the planet was like, this is stupid. Never do this again. <laughs> but so they're doing getting... much better now. Cause they have, yeah, you know, they've, doing... they've had this going on. They have yeah. like the ta- the uh, the the Ty Conti and Penelope Ford feud going yeah. on. Like there, there's a handful of stuff they've been doing that's been pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's been fun. So that's good. Um, and then obviously they have that TBS title tournament, which has been fun too. So mm-hmm. the, yeah, the women's mm-hmm. stuff has been vastly improved over the past six months or so. Uh, then so, we had the main event, which is just funny to say of the show, yeah. but it was the uh, Dante Martin MJF battle for the ring. And I'm sorry, Harris, I didn't care. Like, I just don't care about Dante Martin in any way, shape or form. He does nothing for me. I think he's very talented, fun to watch in the ring, has no personality, no character. I don't care. Like, I just I just don't care. And they're trying to push him as this mm-hmm. thing. And I don't mm-hmm. understand. And so I didn't care like it was mjf cutting a promo at start on cm punk and then and then they just have you know the match was what it was and martin looked good you know they both had a good match good technical match you have two good wrestlers in there you had mjf Mm -hmm. cheating uh had i think sean spears was out there i'm trying to think of who was out there with him if anyone Mm -hmm. now i don't remember but uh you know you have taz just hating on dante martin him and uh just the whole time. Uh, I think Ricky Starks was out there. He came out there one, at one point and interfered. Mm-hmm. And then that's how Dante yeah. Martin lost. Um, yeah. Which is fine. But again, I 
that whole story was so stupid. I don't care. It's so it was so poorly done. Okay, so it's just like it is what it is. And I, my favorite part is just Taz just actively hating Dante Martin. You know, it's like Tony Schiavone how he just actively hates MJF. It's very fun. So you had both that going on mm-hmm. in this match, which I enjoyed on commentary. But you know, then Punk came out after to chase out the Pinnacle, Sting, or Sting and Darby came out. And then Punk came out and set up the big six-man tag match, which is going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, it is what it is. And and I don't <clears> – I just don't get it. But everyone loves Dante Martin. Everyone he's, – he's over somehow, and I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, so I think this is kind of, for me, the definition of a good television match, which is like, okay – there is a larger story at play here. We're going to focus on one aspect of that story, that being MJF as opposed to CM Punk, you know, but that's clearly the, the longer term story. Yeah, I don't I don't really care about Dante Martin, nothing against him, but like no. coming into this match, you're like, okay, well, one of two things is going to happen. Like not their fault. This isn't really a criticism. It's just kind of objectively like this is not like the first match of the show where there are massive kayfabe implications that you want to see resolved. Mm -hmm. One of two things was going to happen here. Either MJF wins again, proves that he is once again, you know, a no good dastardly heel and has a diamond ring that he will continue to use to steal matches or CM Punk will interfere and cost MJF the diamond ring that he loves to use to cheat to win matches. Those are the only, like, that's it. I don't care about, like, oh, who's the better wrestler between MJF and Dante Martin? Like, that's not really what I'm there for. So it was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. But, yeah, I mean, I was, especially at this point, and especially with, you know, the title match going on first and going for an hour, I was just curious to see what he would say about CM Punk and then what the finish would be. And the finish was pretty fun. But here's what I don't understand. Well, okay, first of all, I was a big fan of the uh, the Ryback shout-out. That was pretty good. We <laughs> yeah. talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, and you said this, and I didn't feel as strongly about it, but like CM Punk coming out and playing a heel by doing like the cheapest heel thing in the world and just ripping on the local hockey team for 10 minutes. MJF coming out and saying, hey, buddy, that wasn't super original. I mean, that's good. Like, that's a good comeback, but it's not like MJF had that much interesting to say before that. You know what I mean? So it kind of rang a little bit hollow, but it was still fine. The Ryback shout out was great because it was funny and because you knew Ryback was going to try to use it to make himself relevant again. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this or if I told you about it on the air, but in like January of this year, Ryback ran a Twitter poll saying hey, where do you guys want to see me wrestle next? It's been, you know, it's been a few years. What should I do? And it was like option one was NXT. Option two was AEW. Option three was Ring of Honor slash other or something like that. Impact, maybe impact. I don't know. Rip, rip, Ring of Honor. RIP. And then option four, which he put as a joke, was retire. (laughs) And then 20,000 people voted on the poll (laughs) And retire got 73% of the vote. (laughs) And then he deleted the post. (laughs) But like people got screenshots of that. And were immediately like, oh, God, here he goes again. He's going to tweet something stupid. Like everybody have this ready to send to him in response because nobody cares about Ryback. 
But anyway, I just think that's funny considering what we just said about Wardlow and the tear he's kind of on, which is doing the same, like, the same thing. Like, Ryback did not invent this. He was just maybe one of the most transparent attempts at it. But big fan of that. It's also very funny. to. It's good in, like, a meta way. Oh, oh hang on. Punk. Sorry. I'm yeah. just, gonna, yeah. I'm going to touch on, on that. Yeah. It, it's the try and true method of, of Goldberg. I mean, it is, exactly. and, you know, that was the joke, you know, around Ryback and everything, but that, that's what it was. Right. That WCW base. I mean, and there's been the dominant wrestler before. I mean, it's not 100% original, but right. it was a different dynamic of coming out undefeated, brand new. And, and it worked like, massively like huge and it worked because Goldberg is dripping with charisma whether he like speaks on the mic or not you know say whatever about his recent stuff unfortunately which is kind of sour but not frankly more when he's not speaking on the mic but but but, but again but he he, and he has the he had the ability to to talk you know enough he had his little his (laughs) his things he could stick to that and even afterwards you know when it died down he was more or less just a regular main event wrestler he was still just as over like he was always as over and and it and it's just because he did it in a different way and he was fun to like it was fun to watch him like you'd never seen anything like it and wwe and i i love this about vince mcmahon so much you know he was so mad that he didn't come up with this (laughs) that he has been trying to do it ever since Mm-hmm. I mean, multiple ones from the early 2000s, Vladimir Kozlov, Rusev, Ryback. <laughs> he has tried for decades now, and it's never worked once. Well, and the thing about Ryback, I remember a little bit of this run, and it was fun, and it was There was some fun about it. The Feed Me More uh, chant was over. Yeah. Well, and- Ryback can't really help this, but the reason he's known as the Goldberg knockoff when this is a really like, you know, tried and true way to get somebody over in a wrestling company is because he's the really jacked bald guy. Like Mm -hmm. he just looks a little too much like him for people not to be like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But in a way that like Wardlow doesn't. Right. So nobody's going to be like, oh, Wardlow, that's a you know what I mean? That nobody cares. And also they're not pushing the whole undefeated thing either. Uh, has he, oh, I guess he's lost somebody at some point. Yeah, huh. he lost to Cody in the big cage match two years ago. Can you believe that was almost two years ago? No, Me that's neither. why I forgot it. I guess mm-hmm. it's all running together, man. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but okay. The other reason I love that comparison is because CM Punk, famously in real life, does not like Ryback. Hates working with Ryback. Yeah, I got to see one of those him matches. Oh. Hell in Man, a Cell, just, 2012, in Atlanta. You've seen, like, every terrible show and match in Atlanta history, haven't you? Yes, because every single wrestling show in Atlanta is a terrible show, except for the Raw with the Muppets. That's the only great one that I've seen. That was brilliant. I don't imagine care what anyone if, says. Imagine if the Muppets Seamus with Beaker, top-tier segment. Top-tier. Mark, imagine, just for a second... A world in which also our truth came out in a scream mask at the end. So there's even a David Arquette reference. Oh, wow. Of. That's awesome. I didn't know it that was, it was a Halloween. Imagine, show. imagine a world in which the Muppets appear on dynamite and we can see the graphic Kermit the frog is all elite and everybody can be like, oh, my God, they stole the Muppets from WWE, too. <laughs> they defected. Everyone's leaving. 
Oh, that'd be incredible. That, we that can dream. That would be fun. Oh, man. Well, so, yeah. So, Punk famously hates Ryback. Yeah. Ripped him a lot on that podcast. I've seen people started posting some of the gifts, which, believe it or not, Mark, I'm a fan of CM Punk's. I, I never went back and rewatched his entire feud with Ryback. Mm, yeah, so it's, I it's saw uh, some, not great. No, well, I saw some video clips that I hadn't previously seen where I was like, oh, no. He just threw him through a table and missed the table. That's one of the worst bumps I've ever seen mm -hmm. because it's not a bump. Like he's not selling. He just landed on concrete. Oh, yep. dear. Like there's a lot of that. So, yeah, piss off right back. But that was a funny <laughs> line. That was a very good line because it works in and out of kayfabe. That was a good one. I like the punk run in at the end. The six man tag will be fun. Yeah. Nothing. I, I just too can't crazy. wait for MJF to just not be in the match. Like, you know, he's just going <laughs> to sit outside on the apron as FTR wrestles and then mm -hmm. he'll tag in occasionally to go in and beat up Darby Allen and then we'll run out of the ring and never touch CM Punk. Yeah. Definitely. And that's the way it should be. It's going to be they're going to have to remind people that MJF and FTR are in a faction together mm -hmm. because I was just thinking, well, why won't he just walk away? Cause he doesn't want to fight anybody right now. And then I was like, Oh right. They're technically teammates. So he mm -hmm. probably won't do that. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, Sting's going to get a little bit of work in. That's going to be that fun. Or he's going to bring in Sean Spears as a substitute and won't even be in the match, which would be brilliant too. That would also be pretty good. Yeah. Or like a, you know, he's his, he's his bodyguard who just comes charging back in and takes all the hits or something. Yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot that could happen there. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But no, that was the end of the show. That, you know, because when you have an hour-long match, not a whole lot else you can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like every day, I, I feel bad for everyone that had to follow that. But you had this really great piece of booking. And then the rest of you are like, this is a pretty good TV segment on a regular episode of Dynamite. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. solid. And that match, you know, top tier, one of the best in AEW we've seen, for sure. So, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. AEW yeah. was really struggling for me a few months ago, and it, it, has, it has gotten significantly better over the past few months. Basically, since Full Gear, everything up to Full Gear was pretty terrible for me. Dude. And that pretty much all fall was pretty bad. And I feel like since then, these past month and a half, month or so... It's yeah, I guess month. It's been it's been really really good, dude. I think we figured this out last week. When Dynamite is like building in their minds to a big show or a big pay per view, then it's then it's rough because yeah. they get too excited yeah. and they overcook everything. When it's just like on a week to week basis with no show immediately in sight, it's consistently really good. It's a good point. And I'm good point. I'm really starting to think that's what it is. Like as we get closer to what is it? Revolution? Yeah. Is that what the New Year's one? As we get closer to that, they'll introduce they'll be like, oh, so Brian Danielson and Hangman Page is a no disqualification match. We're like, no, and, you don't have to and do that. And if the loser and whoever, if Danielson loses, he can never right. challenge for the title again. Exactly. And then I will throw they're, my TV out of the window. They're gonna overdo something. Exactly. It's like you're right. That's the sad part. They, right when they get to their peak of storytelling, they then overdo it. You are right. They have that. Yeah, crap. Now I'm all disappointed again. Because because everything is setting up so <laughs> oh, perfectly, sorry. and you know they're gonna ruin it. I choose to think 
that the way they'll do it, because this would be very funny, is if they have CM Punk and MJF wrestle a Larry on a pole match. That's like the worst. That's the most WCW thing they could possibly do. See, but at that point, you've crossed over into where it's yeah. brilliant again. Yeah. <laughs> it would be good. Because then AJ Lee would come in and kick him in the balls to end the match. It would be great. People would lose their minds. I've accidentally created another really good scenario. Larry will fall down accidentally halfway through the match, and then they'll be like, wait, now what do we do? He's certainly going to pee through the cage because he's in no position to be up there. He's That's true. He's freaked out. That's so true. Oh, man. Uh, That's oh, great. Well. Uh, all right. Um, so Rampage. Mm-hmm. Rampage was Rampage. That's all. It's it's becoming worse and worse. It's Rampage is now okay. It's it's rough. Now it wasn't it wasn't terrible by any means. It was fine. But all Rampage is now is just a ju- a bunch of ninety person tag matches and then one or two mid level feud matches and that's pretty much it. Okay, so I'm gonna the the one thing that I really liked that I thought was a nice addition to this week's episode of Rampage and that made it feel like a continue continuation, excuse me, of the same universe and not just the B show was I liked that I was literally like kind of half paying attention and I heard the following is a submission match. Yeah. I was like, why the heck are they having oh, it's Ty Conti because she's got that jujitsu background. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I that was a really good use of, again, a good stipulation that fits in the feud and doesn't break anything and doesn't take away from what otherwise could have been a good match. Obviously, it's there to put her over by playing directly to her strengths. But I really like that because that establishes that as like a kayfabe strength. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah and, I agree. Like, I mean, I was going to get into that match. but oh, okay. Um, well, that. But yeah, well, that's a fair point. We can leapfrog some of the other stuff because that was the one thing that I remembered and thought to say. But like we said with Dynamite, like, yeah, continue to establish that there's other women here that just like the boys, they're going to fight over all sorts of stuff, not just the title. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I like. Well, one kind of a smart babyface move to be put in a match, a submission match where you're a really good submission wrestler and get over that way. That was fun. Also a very funny kind of dumb baby face move to be like, I'm sick of who Penelope Ford and who is it? Who's on her side in this? Uh, the bunny, the bunny. That's right. I'm real sick of the bunny showing up with brass knuckles and punching me in the head. Yeah. And then the match ends <laughs> with the bunny doing that. And you're like, yeah, well you can't win them all. You know, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I got a kick out of that, but I liked it. I thought that was good. I thought that was a good use of everybody. I was, I was pretty into that. Frankly, I think more than anything else on rampage. Cause feel like the rest of it was just tag teams it was missing. um okay. the, the match and that match was it was a it was fine it was fine it wasn't great um because you know it, it was no let's just say it was no serena deeb hikaru shida as mm-hmm. far as match work goes by any mm-hmm. by any means like both still clearly have a long way to go like i think there was i think the the ending was kind of ruined because Penelope Ford messed up her submission move and <laughs> it didn't work. And then Tay Condi then just kind of transitioned into hers and then she tapped and it was over and it really kind of lost the crowd <laughs> with that. So that wasn't great, but, but it's fine. And, you know, well. and, and again, the, the point is I like that we're having some sort of women's more women's feuds going on. Like yeah. reasons for matches to happen. Like I like that. So 
you know, it's fine. It was what it was. There, there's still a story going on there of some kind, so I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, the first match was uh, the Young Bucks, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole versus Orange, the Best Friends, and Rocky Romero. It was fine. Again, there was two eight-man tag matches in this mat in the, on this one show. Um, yeah, that's. Kind oh of no, egregious. I'm sorry. The other one was a 10-man tag match. So, excuse me. There was an 8-man and a 10-man tag match on the same show. Two out of three that's, matches. That's, that's just awful. Yeah, that's just yeah. terrible. Uh, I mean, the story going on with the Young Bucks and Best Friends, it you know, all that with that group, the the Elite and Best Friends, it's it's fine. You know, it they're is what really, it is. They're really pushing the New Japan angle. They are, which is fun. The only thing I don't like is they are making Orange Cassidy look like he is a, a complete moron. Like, constantly yeah. he'll, like, be sitting there and then get attacked from behind. And you're like, dude, what? You're just constantly being attacked from behind. Like, you, you have yeah. no awareness of anything. And it's like, I get the whole, you know, his whole character is that I'm over it. But that only works when, like you know he's kind of playing it, if that makes sense. Where, like, I'm over it, but I'm also paying attention to you at the same time. And that's part of my... That's part of the... The, you know, the the strategy, I guess you could say, if that's what you want to call it. But when he acts like that and then constantly gets attacked, we're like, why didn't you just turn around, dude? Like, he was right there. They've been doing that for the past several weeks, and it's really hurting his character. It feels like a WWE-esque move to say, oh, okay, I get it. Like, he's cool and he's slow and he's not bothered by anything. And at a certain point, yeah, somebody forgot that that's not, like, at the expense of Mm self-preservation. Yeah. What makes him so great is he's cool and he's unassuming. And it's not like he can't get beaten up or get jumped. But when it happens week after week from such an obvious setup. Yeah. You think, man, like the whole reason this character is great is because he's cool and unaffected and nothing bothers him. And also when he's in an actual fight, he can flip a switch Mm -hmm. and he can go because he's 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 a sloth man, but he's not stupid and he doesn't like getting beat up. So when he's in a high stakes match against Chris Jericho, he's going to actually fight him. Mm -hmm. So when he's constantly like. I don't know. Like, I think you can get away with it once or twice, but they've done it like a few weeks now, like the show in Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. he turned his back on the young bucks and then turned his back on Adam Cole and got hit in the beanbag. And you're like, yeah, dude, like that's not, Yep. I don't know what you thought was going to happen. Yeah, you're right. At a certain point, I'm kind of hoping this means we get, I don't, I don't know if this will actually happen, but it's almost, um, wrestle kingdom season. Yeah. And I would really, really enjoy seeing a killer orange Cassidy match in the Tokyo dome. That yeah, would be, be a fun. ton of fun. If he's in that faction now and they're trying to lean into all that, make it worth it. Pay it off. Don't just like mention that they're in what is it? Chaos? chaos. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's not January, so I don't have to know what's going on in New <laughs> Japan yet. So that's fine. True. I'm looking forward to catching up in the video package before Wrestle Kingdom. So yep. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And what was the other big tag match? Well, then? uh wait, before that. Oh, I'm sorry. We had the great Dan Lambert come out. With how Sky and Paige <laughs> and and That's had a right. promo and then was interrupted by Cody. Mm-hmm. You know, full she the I I love it. Cody comes out, the whole thing. He can't just music hits, comes <laughs> out. No. It's yes. you hear the the dark, it goes dark, and then you hear the oh. 
I'm so glad you brought this up because Come I was slowly going to too. up. No, first the little chandelier slowly yeah. goes up and then he slowly comes up and the music kicks and you hear Royal family. And then that oh. down straight music starts and, uh, <laughs> he comes out and it was great so because dan lambert's just been trashing him he's been trashing sammy because that's going to be the big christmas mm-hmm. day rampage match for the tnt title which is fun it's like yay big thing for rampage cool um <laughs> he comes out and it was one of the weirdest segments ever Harris, because dan lambert has the mic cody doesn't grab one he takes dan lambert's and before he can talk Dan Lambert just grabs it back. And then he grabs it back. Dan Lambert grabs it back. And then he just punches him in the face. And no words are even said. And he just starts beating him up. And it's like, this is so dumb. But it was, and then he's, there's two of them. So he's getting beat up. Then Guevara comes out and it's, it was so weird, but it was, it made me laugh. Oh yeah. This was great. How is like a couple things. One great and weird. Dan Lambert is somehow one of the best characters in this company now. Like yeah. in kayfabe, yeah. you're like, no boo. But when they were like, all right, we got Dan Lambert back in the house tonight. I was like, oh heck yes. <laughs> let's go. I like, can't I'm wait to sitting see down and watching. Is. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see what this insane old man has to say. Made a like terrifying amount of sense for the crazy heel that he is because he's not fighting with like old man, Chris Jericho anymore to prove that like they're both good enough to, boink page van zant or whatever that feud was about now he's just like hey tony khan's just giving title matches to cody rhodes and like hangman page because it's good for business like this is not what you guys signed up for this is just the same old wrestling crap and then cody you're right dude i'm so glad you brought this up because i was gonna bring it up too even when he's interrupting somebody he can't just come out it's like the lights go out and then the music starts (laughs) and it's like oh oh And you see him slowly ascend. I just hope Cody's a genius, man, because he knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows that like Cody Rhodes and kayfabe would never admit that that's a heel thing to do. But Cody Rhodes in real life is like, yeah, this is obnoxious as heck. No, it's not. It's a baby face. He deserves every minute of every intro. Exactly. Exactly. It's so great, dude. I hope and pray that at some point before this thing completely flips one way or another, that at some point, like somebody is getting beat up and Cody does a run in, but does the full entrance and arrives too late to do anything. He's like, oh, sorry, man. I came as fast as I could. <laughs> that would be one of the best things to happen in wrestling history if he actually did that. That would be fun. Oh, I do apologize. Almost- also, Dustin Rhodes came out. I'm sorry. So that, that'll that clearly be the next thing will be some sort of tag oh, match God. with, oh, with yeah. him and Dustin. And I'm look, I'm not going to lie. I love Dustin. He looked rough running out there like he cannot move man like he poor guy he ran down that ramp and i was i thought he was gonna break something like he he looked he looked rough so he's been been doing this for so long man like the match he had with cody a few years ago was so good he's been wrestling longer than well not quite but almost basically as long as sting A little bit less. I think maybe by a no, couple but, years, maybe, but they're pretty much the same, like the same as far as wrestling goes. Cause he started right in the, that late eighties, like 88, yeah. 89, like right around the same time. The fact thing. that it's close at all. And nobody thinks about that is 
just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because people forget about d- the natural Dustin Rhodes for like exactly. eight years in WCW before he came over to WWF. And seven. Don't forget seven. The classic Dustin Rhodes character. That, well, that was after. <laughs> I'm talking about before. I just liked like to remember out. remember we did we did an episode on the greatest wrestling pay per view of all time, which was WCW uncensored from ninety four, I believe. Ninety four or ninety five. I guess when did Nitro start? Ninety five. So it probably was ninety four. And you had the Dustin Rhodes versus someone on a bed of a truck going down the highway and he there was no blood allowed and he they both bled like stuck pigs in that match and Mm -hmm. (laughs) got fired yep (laughs) that is a great show man i need to watch that pay-per-view again that's just a brilliant show there are so many great i'm like i would have hated to be a fan of the company while it was going arn anderson in the boxing match when the bucket gets put on his head It's just a great show. Oh, man. Ric Flair and drag at the end. Yep. I'm so glad WCW existed. And like this was in this was before they really ran off a cliff in the late 90s. But there's so many great, terrible moments in the history of that company that you just like, ah, man, they don't make them like this anymore. Both before and after Nitro. Oh, yeah. Or I, I get both enduring, I guess I should say. But oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's a so, treasure trove of great stuff. Mm, yeah, go back so, and yeah, listen to I'm, our backlog uh, when we were actually doing real episodes. We covered a lot of that. Pretty uh, yeah, almost all of it. A good yeah. a good amount. So okay, so bringing it back to the episode, I mean that was, I mean look, it was silly, but I am also I was like oh yeah, he's fighting Sammy Guevara next week, and I hope he wins because I do not care that Sammy Guevara has the title. Yeah, I feel bad, like but I feel all. bad for Sammy. He deserves better. Yeah, well, you know, put him put him in a feud or just mm-hmm. I, listen. Miro, that's what I mean. Like that's anybody. what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like he deserves a feud. Miro hasn't feuded with anybody since nope. he fought Brian Danielson, but he's still on TV occasionally talking about how he's going to fight God or whatever. <laughs> Just give Sammy something to say, you know, not just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a cool baby face who doesn't like the American top team guys like that's Come on. You need to bet on that. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. OK, so the other big thing that I wanted to talk about this week, I think it was on Dynamite, but I don't remember. They're running together was Griff Garrison of the Varsity Blondes oh, came out. Yeah, he I got clearly t- heard the episode oh, last week. Man. And was like, yeah, I should probably do something about okay, this. Okay, no, I have a thing to say about this. <laughs> okay. That was one of the stupidest segments I've ever seen. Griff Garrison looks like an <laughs> idiot. You talk about Orange Cassidy looking bad. Griff Garrison, all, all <laughs> Pillman was trying to do is just be like, hey, man, let's just think about it. And he's like, no, nah, screw you. I'm going to wrestle. What do you, you must hate everything. If you, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what, what is this? Who wrote this? This is horrible. <laughs> like, like the, the, the storyline I agree with and I like, but that promo slash segment was like, was it written by a two year old? Like who, who wrote this? Everyone looked dumb. It was well, bad. Yeah. It was really poorly done. I mean, I'm down for the feud and I like these guys, but like that was really bad. Well, I mean, surely what they're going for is that like he's just lost his cool. 
because he threatened and hurt Julia Hart, which would make any red-blooded American male lose his cool. He's going to die. Like, he's going to get killed. Because he just challenged Malachi Black to a fight. He's going to get his head kicked into the third row, and I don't know what's going to happen next. But props to him for... I mean, clearly listening to behind the gorilla and being like, oh, yeah, somebody should probably do. We should probably be kind of mad about that. huh?" And I love how they no, no, no. But it was even worse because they tried to be like, oh, and you came out and beat. I was like, dude, you let this happen. Yeah, he really did. (laughs) Too little, too late, frankly. Like, I get what you're going for, buddy. But well, maybe this. Okay, see, Mark, this is an example of me doing it and giving the writers more credit Mm -hmm. than they deserve. That's why he's so mad, because he blames himself, because he knows he should have actually protected Julia Hart instead of just letting her get misted in the face mm-hmm. by the by the deer demon or whatever, like the antler god. Yeah, he just he just kind of cowered because he's he's going to. Oh, man, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But, yeah, I'm into it. I don't know if sure. that makes me a sexist pig to be like, oh, Julia Hart's a damsel in distress. And now I get to watch what happens. Yeah, OK, I'm in. But. Yeah, well just done. Such, you know. I mean, again, I'm fine with the whole thing. It's just that execution yeah. and the writing of that segment made everyone look really, really stupid. And it was very, very poorly done. So that was that's <laughs> all I have to say about that. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next. That I agree with you there. That is going to be fun. <laughs> um, I want Brian Pillman to just be out there watching and then just being like, I told you as he's just getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's like, I told you to calm down. And nope. Oh, man. But, um, all right, so back to Rampage. Let's finish this up. Um, we had a 10-man tag match to end the show that I did not watch because I'm not watching a 10-man tag match because that's just absurd. Um, Lucha Brothers, <laughs> Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia 2.0 and The Acclaimed. Look, I like all of these people. I like all of these people. I'm not watching a 10-man tag match, so I don't really know what happened. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, they actually, Garcia's team won. They rolled up Kingston with the trunks to win. And then the heels were then kept beating them up. And then Jurassic Express and Christian came out. Mm-hmm. And then there was a big moment with uh jungle boy picking up the two tag team titles and then handing yeah. them to Lucha brothers. And I was like, Ooh, yes. Okay. No, I'm in. But then I remembered it was the Lucha brothers and I've hated everything they've done for the past year. And then I was like, Oh, yeah, I mean, it'll still be fine. I was excited for that. I that, I was very actively working on other things during this whole match. But then at the end, when they were like, oh, Jungle Boy with the titles, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, it was okay. fine until I remembered that I really hate the way Lucha's, <laughs> Lucha Brothers work right now. So yeah, it took a little of the excitement out of it, unfortunately, for me. But I'm, all, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm trying to figure out why they have so... D, I don't even know what the word is. Like, there's no rules. N- well, no, not even that. Um, but with Luchasaurus, how they've like de- downgraded him so much. He never speaks. He just goes Rah! at the end of the promos. Mm-hmm. This was the I'm a professor and a dinosaur because I have a master's degree, and that was the character, and that was what was so awesome about it. Is he was this like super smart, like wearing glasses over his mask professor who's a dinosaur. And it was awesome. And now he has not spoken in like a year. And you're like, Hmm. why? What what is going on? Like, I I get the building of Jungle Boy and they've done a really good job of that. But it's like. I don't know why they've just 
sidelined Luchasaurus. Like Christian has no business being with them, and yeah, I I don't get it. I don't understand. I, Luchasaurus deserves so much better than this. I don't I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it feels like they can only focus on one person, and they decided to focus on Jungle Boy, which is fine, and I I get that. Like he's the one to focus on, sure. But like, why is why is he just nothing? Like why? Are, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. But it's very frustrating because people forget when the pandemic, right before the pandemic hit, the three most over people in wrestling in AEW were Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen, and Luchasaurus. Like, legitimately. And they just have forgotten about him ever since then. And it's very, it's frustrating. I mean, not, not forgotten about him. I mean, he's still been in matches and stuff, but I don't know why they haven't like he could have had, you know, he could have been a guy to feud for the title at some point. I'm not saying necessarily be the champion, but he could have been one of those guys to be elevated to for sure. And they just completely forgot all about him and didn't do anything with him. And now they don't even let him speak. It's very weird. Yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, I'm not unsympathetic to that, but I think you might be one of the only people on the planet who has really noticed that and taken up for it because I didn't recall the uh, the professorship thing as much either. But I'm yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that this has happened. We'll we'll see what happens moving forward. Maybe he'll have more to say whenever Christian inevitably turns on Jungle Boy because that's the LD, that's the other thing in this little collective that I'm really waiting for and excited about. Yeah, that will be fun. I am looking forward to that. Christian's one of those wrestlers who's always pretty much sucked as a baby face and is a much, 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 much better heel. Like, like significantly. So, I mean, him as a baby face is just very boring to me. I really don't care. Christian as a heel, much better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah. And it, you got the old guy and the young guy thing going mm-hmm. on too. And yeah, no, there's That'd a lot fun. of really great potential there. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that whenever they decide to do that. That'll be that'll be good. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you know, that's just terrible. Don't ever do a 10 man don't ever do 10 man tag match ever. Just don't. Stop, please. Please don't. And and you can't do an 8 man and a 10 man of the two of your three matches on a show. Just no. Yeah. Well, they clearly yeah. I mean, that's clearly like, oh, we didn't get to get anybody on on Dynamite cuz we had two guys on TV for an hour, but Mhm. Goodness, yeah. Do yeah. Let's see something a little different next week, which we will. So, you know, true. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, that was uh, that was AEW this week. Um, yeah. Yay. It was good. Yeah, it was two. Well, one good show and one me, you know. Yeah. But story wise, most things are pretty solid right now with AEW. So we're moving in a good direction. Let's hope they don't ruin it. All right. But if they do, it'll be great content. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, all right, guys. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and uh, Instagram as well at behind underscore gorilla. You can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So you can do that as well. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts, Harris? Um. Okay, two things. One, and I want you to remind me of this. The next time we record... We'll have plenty to talk about, but I would like to try to kick off 2022 or whatever our first episode of 2022 is by having my list of the top 10 worst shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> Don't let me forget that. I have some time off work 
between Christmas and New Year's, so I really want to try to put that together. I can think of one or two off the top of my head. We're going to see what I can find, but it would be nice to have a sort of quasi-topic again. I'm looking forward to that. If you have any submissions and you've listened to this episode this long, send them my way. Let me know what you think. We'll put something together. Uh, And then finally, number two, um, and this is what I'll, I'll, I'll close with. I, it's not even that like you will absolutely definitely love it because maybe you won't. I think you will. I think you will like it. But if you never watch another MCU movie again, you have to watch this uh, one. I've forgotten this all needs about to be that. The one you stop, not because because again, I think it's good. But even if you watch it and you're like, this is just as bad as all the other ones, Mark, it is the most go for broke, balls to the wall, stick everything in the kitchen sink and try to make it work thing that they've ever done with spider-man and you have to watch it for that reason even if you don't like it which again i really think you you will at least like it more than the rest i think you'll respect it that's all for this episode folks i'm done tapping out <sighs> i oh, i legitimately had forgotten spider-man movie. Yeah. i legitimately had forgotten about that in the i know of this i'm really discussion. proud that i got that back in without you seeing it coming that's good. <sighs> oh, great all right <laughs> That'll do it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys probably in 2022. So, yay. Woo!